This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. Nick Nurse, outside of James Harden. What do you think fans, like what were you just being around and what were your other takeaways, the way he commanded the press conference in person, any maybe interaction you had with him? What are some other thoughts you had from his introduction to the press conference? I mean, it was, it was good. I mean, he didn't nail himself down to anything. And so I think there's going to be some real mystery to what they're going to do until we get into training camp preseason mm-hmm. and kind of see what they have. Um, I asked him specifically about, and this we kind of build off the Harden stuff, about Tyrese Maxey because for for two reasons. One, regardless of if Harden leaves or not, his development is essentially the biggest or most obvious path they have to internal improvement, right? Like at his age and his skill set, the biggest jump they can probably get is if he just turns into an all-star. Right. And he's third guy who's got the clearest path to do so. Two, if Harden leaves, he then becomes, you know, barring free agency and trades and what have you, and they shift around the roster, he then becomes your primary ball handler. And he's the guy who has to run the offense and he becomes the late game ball handler playing off of Joel Embiid and doing all that kind of stuff. And so I thought it was very interesting. And I 100% agree with this take. Nurse's assessment of where he needs to go next as a player was primarily about he's got to be more of a playmaker for others. Like he's got to be a creator for Mm -hmm. others. And that's something you and I have talked about a lot on this podcast that we know that Tyrese can score. He can be a second side player. And I think in a Nick Nurse style offense where his philosophy is move the ball, share the ball, play with speed, swing it around the floor, relocate. I think he's perfectly suited for that style of play, right? But if you're running pick and rolls and doing the rest of the stuff and he's the primary guy rather than playing off of James Harden, then there's a lot more pressure on him to make certain reads and make certain passes and, you know, evolve that part of his game. And so I thought it was, you know, it's great that he's coming in knowing that that's something that Tyrese needs to do to hit the next level. And there already seems to be sort of an organizational understanding of this is where we need to get this guy. Because look, I mean, he's coming in from the outside. He's obviously 
seen Tyrese a lot. They've played in the playoffs. Yep. They're a divisional rival, so they see each other four times a year. But he's not been with him every day, and so he might have a different perception of him than we do. And so I, I do think that speaks to him and Daryl are already kind of aligned on this is what we need to do to make the next step. And I thought that was a really good sign for them with him coming in. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I did think he sounded very invested in Tyrese, which is really good. Um, I did, you know, having covered a lot of new head coach press conferences, it would have been very easily easy to go, hey, I've played against Tyrese. He's a great player. I just got here. You know, I'll have to watch the tape and see what see what I think he had a very clear plan and was willing to share that on what he thought Tyrese needed to work on. And you're right. Mm -hmm. Part of that is from his time playing against him. But to me, that answer really sounded as if he had studied Tyrese and said, this is where I believe he can go to the next level. And he's not going to sit up there and go, Hey, he's a trade ship who knows what happens. But Tyrese is there, is there kind of one big piece if they want to push that in to get a legitimate, you know, a Dame Lillard, for example, someone along those lines. So it to me, it didn't sound like there was any plan to trade this guy. It sounded like he legitimately says, this is what he's good at. This is what he can get better at. And I think your point that you made to him, and he seemed to agree with, was he is their best chance to take a step forward next year without making any type of major chemistry-changing moves. Because the other thing he said that really caught my attention was, uh, I believe he was asked how it's hard to win the first year as a head coach or something like that. And Daryl made a bad joke that made the press conference awkward. But outside of that, like he he said something about continuity on the uh, on the floor. And he said, we're going to have the same guys. And, you know, I don't think he's talking about the fact he knew Daniel House was going to pick up his player option. He's talking about. <laughs> Are you sure? Talking, I don't know, man. That's yeah, the franchise. Yeah, that was this big secret from yesterday. But. I do think he's talking about Joel, Maxi, and, you know, probably Harden, because I don't think he's including Toby. So in these press conferences, they're never going to give flat out what their plan is. But reading between the lines, to me, it doesn't sound like they plan on trading Tyrese. It sounds like they are very invested in making him a step up. And to your point, the the, the creating. So, yeah, I thought his Tyrese answer was uh, was very revealing and, and probably the best answer he gave in terms of a little insight into what he thinks as a head coach. Well, you know, good question. Uh, yeah, so, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Uh, um, own, yeah. So I also because you brought up the continuity thing, I thought one really interesting part of that press conference came when I think it was actually based on that same question that he said this problem that they have or this situation that he's walking into in Philadelphia, not dissimilar from when he took over in Toronto, right? Where the team shifted where they traded DeRozan for Kawhi, well, DeRozan and other stuff for Kawhi. So that was a big differentiator. But when he took over in 2018-19, that was a Raptors team that had been, you know, perennial playoff team, Hovering around that 50 win mark and couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Now they lost to LeBron over and over again. So 
Little I'm not so sure it's the same as Trey Young in Game Seven against uh, <laughs> Trey Young and the Hawks or the Celtics or getting beat by Miami last year. Like slightly different circumstances, yeah. but he said because of those similarities, like the first thing they have to do is just confront that and say, this is what it is. We have not been good enough when it matters. And like, this is our reality. We can't say, oh, we're the, we have this excuse, this excuse, this excuse. We have to sit down and look ourselves in the mirror and say, this is who we've been. And until we can like sit with that truth, we're not going to be able to take a step forward. And so I think, you know, you go from, look, I don't want to, talk bad on doc you and i have talked a lot about doc yeah, and i have a doc question for you actually yeah okay but he is historically a little bit of an excuse maker and mm -hmm. for nurse to come in and essentially say like this is who we are and we have to say we're going to get better than that and there's no reason for us to run away from confronting the fact that we haven't been good enough in the second round to win I think that's a really important thing for him to come in and just say, look, this has been bullshit. We haven't been good enough. We haven't been yeah. flexible enough. The tactics haven't been good enough. The star players haven't been good enough. And this is how I'm going to get us there by XYZ, through buy-in, through in-the-huddle adjustments, whatever it is. I, I think that's a really important part of his message yesterday.